Well, hello, scary tale friends. Welcome to the podcast that's guaranteed to lift your spirits. So sit back, relax, and get ready to trick or treat yourself. It's Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back with another fun and exciting episode uh, that pairs well with spooky season. It pairs well with a nice uh, uh, witch's brew, a nice little bubbling drink you could have. And a black flame candle on the table. Yes, and (laughs) maybe some... Uh, finger sandwiches, ha 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 ha. We are doing 1993's Hocus Pocus, uh, a movie that I'm uh, sure I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you have to have seen this movie already. I feel it's a lot of people's jam uh, because on the Facebook page, we're currently doing a ghost bracket, and, and Thackeray, Thackeray Binks, Binks got a lot of votes. Who is a ghost for. Two minutes of this I, movie? I believe I voted for him in round one, but round two he did not he get does my vote. Not, he's currently <laughs> going up against the Headless Horseman. The Headless Horseman, if he loses to Thackeray Binks, the, the podcast is over. <laughs> I'm done. Um, by the way, did you know originally he wasn't supposed to even be a ghost at the end? There was a, The original writ, uh, sto- uh, ending as written in the script was, Binks just turns into a regular cat. Oh, like he's, he's a cat that talks. Yeah. That doesn't talk. That doesn't talk, yeah. So, hmm. but that's the one we're doing. Uh, came out in 1993, in July of 1993. So I read that they they did that purposefully because kids were out of school. So they thought it would be a summer movie for kids. And that same year, Nightmare Before Christmas comes out at Halloween-ish time. Hmm. So my the fact I read was it didn't want to compete with another Disney movie. Well, and that's why they released it in July, thinking kids are out of school. It'll be something they'll go see in the theater. Well, uh, regardless of it being a uh, like that was a concerted effort or something they wanted to do, that was a bad idea. And I feel like I always hear that about this movie is like, well, it's a Halloween movie that came out in July. Yeah, so. I agree. You see that sometimes too with Halloween songs. That mm-hmm. sometimes debut in the summer versus debuting in the fall, like mm-hmm. songs from the 50s and 60s. So it is interesting that that's what happened. But yeah, surprise, this one did not do so well on its first uh, theatrical go around. But has since become such a huge cult hit. Yes. And uh, one that is done, because that's the other thing. It's not just a scary movie. It's a, it's a Halloween movie. It is about Halloween. Well, and they title it as a fantasy comedy film. Yeah. In a fact I read. So it's a little bit of everything, right? Mm-hmm. It's Halloween, like you said. It's scary. It's funny. Uh, it's got a fantasy element to it. And I think that's part of why it appeals to so many people. I have a bone to pick with Rotten Tomatoes. Who What's gave the it... Rotten Tomato score? Do you want to take a guess? 37%. Oh, my God, listeners. Did I nail it? 38%. Ooh, you that, came see... between a 1%. I'd say you nailed it. That's really good. No, and that was... I. It just feels like something. I, listen, I am not going to sit here and, and call this a like particularly like excellent uh, uh, paragon of cinema. Yes, but it is a fun, fun movie. And we I said am, the name of it, right? Hocus Pocus. I think we have. we have to. Have I said the name. really hope so. Uh, and I think though, my bone to pick is. Rotten Tomatoes rates some things higher that probably shouldn't be rated higher. Well, but re- I know it's also based on how well it does, right? Remember, Rotten Tomatoes is a terrible 
metric of how good a movie is. Because all Rotten Tomatoes, 37% of Rotten Tomatoes means 37%, 38, 38 sorry. I, I'm just, I'm so impressed with my own guess. Um, 38% of reviewers who turned in scores said this movie's either good ah, or bad. Got it, got it. A better, if you want to find a better like metric, and it, I don't think they do it much with older movies, but a better metric is Metacritic, where the, you you submit a one to uh, one hundred score or one to ten. Should score. we be looking that up for? No, Disney I think films? this is fine. Oh, I just okay. it's just for people who are like, well, the Rotten Tomatoes. It's like people who are like, uh, you know, like Marvel movies tend to get really good Rotten Tomato scores, and I think Marvel movies are good, but at the same time, it's not meaning they're like it, this was ninety four percent fresh. Well, 94%, 94% of critics could say, eh, it's fine. And mm-hmm. that means it's 94% and it's fresh. 94%. And people go, yeah. this is a this movie scored a 94 on the movie test, which is not what that means. Got it. So I did not see this when I was a kid. Yes, I was I was wondering if you would out yourself that you didn't you were not <laughs> I don't think it's outing <laughs> it's myself not, like But it's well I mean a, a I was a really cool kid in 1993. Your, your I didn't confession. watch these little bitty kid okay, movies. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was so, the coolest 12-year-old on the block. So, uh I read that this movie it's become this cult classic for a lot of children that were born in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and Ryan does fit into that demographic. <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> But we were, I, I don't remember, I remember exactly where we were the first time we saw it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that you and I had ever had a conversation about you not seeing it until that night I, when you saw it. I don't know if that's true or not. I can't recall. I, you, you know, I think both of us are pretty good. Like, I think we, we first started dating, you know, I think this is with most people. There's the like, you haven't seen this? Oh my God. And I think we were pretty good about it, about like, not like, oh my God, I can't believe you haven't seen it. It's just like, oh, you haven't seen that? Well, let's remedy this remedy yeah. this right now. Like that time I, I bought Predator from someone at work. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. came home and you said, what's Predator? And I said, well, it's the movie we'll be watching this <laughs> evening. And it was great. Because I was like, I don't want to tell you anything else because I'm curious what it's going to seem like. Um, but... This was a movie we watched in, I think, during spooky season. During spooky season in New York City with a good pal of ours. Yes. And, and well, of, of mine, but also now one of Ryan's, a childhood friend of mine. I have to admit, of all the times I've seen it, I liked it the least that time. You were very hesitant. You were resistant to watch it. Well, because it, it's, I think it's definitely a movie that relies on nostalgia and there's a bit of it like i think it was one of those movies that like it didn't do well it got thrown onto um tv well, and i that, think kids watched it people watched it a lot that's where they credit it getting more popular right was disney channel and freeform which used to be abc family abc family mm-hmm. fox family at one point like you yeah. know all that sort of thing you know it's it's a it's a staple of the thir- the 31 days of halloween mm-hmm. which is freeform abc family all that sort of thing um, so I was like, I was kind of hesitant, resistant against it. I also think the second time I watched it, I'm like, okay, now I know exactly what this movie is. So now yeah. I'll start watching the little details you notice because the three women, the Sanderson sisters, mm-hmm. Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker, who all today I realize I've been saying Sarah Michelle Geller in my head. That's not right. <laughs> um, well, another actress that works on a spooky show. There you go. Enveloped <laughs> these characters and had such huge backgrounds and are having so much fun with them that when you re-watch it, it's 
just fun to watch them and see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I have all this stuff we'll go into here in a sec about all the background they have for these sisters and this like I hope they do more in this sequel. We'll talk more about the sequel as well. I've got information on I've got not info like I just Hot found stuff. Yeah, no, I don't have a <laughs> scoop. Um but you know, like these are people who love these characters. Mm-hmm. And I think Watching them, you get to see them having little fun in the background, even when they're not the focus of the scene. Well, and I think, as you mentioned, it is a lot of fun to say, okay, this watch through, I'm going to just focus on Winnie. Or, which is who you probably focus on a lot because right. she is the main sister, you know, the main focal point. Or this this watch through, I'm going to really focus on Max and his character. You know what I mean? Like, you can pick each character from the children to the adult right. actors in this film. And I think you can pick up a lot of things that you might not have noticed on previous watch-throughs. Which is what I always enjoy about a movie um, that has that connection and that nostalgia as well. I do feel like our pal and myself uh, were a little bit of a bully to you about not seeing it and then pressuring yes. you to watch it. and. I do feel bad for that. I think it was more so the shock value of, oh my God, I cannot believe you've not seen this and that we've not right. talked about this up into that point. Because we had been dating a year or two. I think less than a year. Less than a year? I think we were okay. up there for New York Comic Con, correct? We were, yeah. That's I figured this out the other day. That was like less than a year. That was in 2012. Oh, and we just started dating. Okay, that well, year. then that tracks. That so makes that was more a sense. little bit. Because I thought we had been dating longer, which right. is why I was more shocked. It was our first Halloween area together. So mm-hmm. let's get into the movie. We could talk for days about our experience with this because we've watched. Actually, let's talk about one more personal thing we have with this this movie which is that we have cosplayed as characters from this movie we have to a kathy najimi was at a uh showing of this a couple years ago the year before the halloween covid yeah yes and we decided okay we're gonna dress up but we're not gonna dress up as people normally so we dressed up as the devil and the devil's wife gary marshall and penny marshall from this movie and did so much detail We'll have to put the pictures up on, on the Facebook page. We'll put page. them on the Facebook page. Um, did not win the costume contest, which made us very upset because apparently well, we, we weren't there for when something. Like, it was a very weird thing. You had where, to walk in a certain entrance and then they would decide if they wanted to nominate you for the costume contest. But the the details we got in the invite was like, just show up and the costume contest is before Kathy Najimi talks. Right. So we just thought we would just walk up on stage. Yeah, they with a bunch us. of other people. Yeah, it and was. So it, it was a whole big thing, and I was really frustrated about it in the moment. Oh, you were. I was frustrated. Hot. That's a nice. Way I was hot. <laughs> um, but the one thing I, I remember happening that I didn't think of was the big scene in the movie is Sarah dancing. Not the big scene in the movie, but like what that character is like. Sarah's like, "May I dance with you, Master?" And she's very like sultry character Mm -hmm. so every sarah (laughs) in the place which there were a few were all like up on me well not like a lot but enough to where i was like (laughs) my wife's right here yeah but it was super fun because everyone in that room was a diehard fan and a lover of that film whether they were cosplaying or not Mm -hmm. and when they saw who we chose to dress up as because obviously the majority of the people who dressed up were the witches were one of the sisters there was a billy bones which was super exciting yes uh but for the most part it was the sanderson sisters so when everyone saw us as Penny and Gary Marshall, it was super fun because people wanted pictures with us and we got a picture, I think, with Billy Bones and it was just uh, a really like fun love fest. Like every Sanderson sister fest. wanted a picture because yeah, they would do, it was, I, I, 
we were props that they yes. were like yeah, taking yeah, pictures yeah. with at some point. But it was um, a lot of fun. I did want to point out that in the uh, making of I saw Gary Marshall specifically said, oh, I got to do 11 takes of that scene with Sarah Jessica <laughs> Parker. So that's a good way. That's a makes coming to work fun. Oh, my God. So uh, the- I did not enjoy it nearly as, as much. much. I was very. I mean. I think if I'd been single, I'd been more like, hey, how's it going? But I was like, yeah. I'm right here. I'm very stiff. But, and and I'm, I'm well, hold also, on. You know what I mean. Yeah. And I'm also looking angrily, but that's what she does in the movie. Yes. So I just played that off really well, which was fine. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to mention from that night, I'm glad you brought it up, is I won't go into all the details, but Kathy Najimi tells this, Najimi? Yes. Tells this story about her connection with Bette Midler before they did the film. I, I, do you remember this story? Because I don't. You ba- you basically come to find out that she stalked her. Yes. She she was at Hollywood Bowl performing for something, and Kathy Najimy like lied her way back backstage. Um, said she was like a, a gram, a, like singing like a, a, telegram. a singing telegram or something. And then just was they were like, here you go, just singing telegram. She's like, hello, and she's like, oh my god, I'm your biggest fan, blah blah. blah. Yeah, and it was. <laughs> like a real awkward not great thing I think there were one or two other instances where she was at something Bette Midler was at and was a little bit too obsessed about her was trying to get backstage to see her and yeah and the she tells the story better than anyone can and then she tells the first day on set (laughs) it wasn't the first day because I thought it was they she's like I'm not going to tell her the story it was like a few days later. It may have been, yeah. But regardless, it was one of those things where she talked about how she felt the first yes. day on set, being with the Divine Miss M, and then, you know, a couple days later, kind of confessing to her, hey, do you remember this person who came and, and did this telegram? I think she telegram? kind of remembered. It was, it, the, the interesting thing also in the thing was they were talking about how she was using her nervous energy mm. to portray Mary, because Mary's such yes. a, 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 a brown noser. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Winnie, and like all this. And apparently she was like, it was really easy to play that part because I just kept being like, I'm sorry, Bet. Like, you know, like very like yeah. her, her her anxiety about meeting her. But I was crying. I was laughing so hard at the way she was telling the story. Let's get into the making of a little bit. Sure. Let's talk first. Do you know the, the, the there's kind of a uh, backstory to the Sanderson sisters? So I was looking it up, but I did a quick look and couldn't find too much what did you find about it so i think it was mostly created by bet midler kathy najimi and sarah jessica oh okay so they had the script and then they did the back that's how they got their characters was they decided that they all had different fathers Mm, and that uh and it's also apparently going to go into the sequel because in the sequel they're trying to cast or they were with the information i had their mother and they wanted i'm skipping ahead to the how goose focus too apparently they want a a timeless beauty like Cher or diane ross oh i to love play, that which I'm diana like, ross diana ross sorry they i'm like get Cher, get Cher, yeah. absolutely like that'd be amazing but uh so uh winnie's father was a warlock like a very powerful warlock okay uh sarah's father was the village idiot <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing I find, Mary's father was legit a bloodhound. So she's like part actual bloodhound. Actual bloodhound. That's funny. <laughs> just some weird thing they kind of all talked about. Yeah. And that's why she's like, she'll do, she'll like scratch herself and do things like, she's like, oh, I'm yeah. part Well, dog. and she's always sniffing out yes. for the children. Like that yeah. was, they said, oh yeah, you can smell children. So then they decide, well, your dad must be, she must have had dalliances with a, with, with, you know, because that's a big thing in like old Salem lore mm-hmm. about witches is they like, 
lay down with the beast. So the idea that her dad was a bloodhound, something they probably can't talk about in a kid's movie, but it's still yeah. very funny. Um, well, I've got something about the background that Sarah Kajeska Parker's historical, like her family. Oh, I read a fact. I've heard this before. Yeah, so I read a fact that she reached, researched her family history for that show, Who Do You Think You Are? And I think there's a couple different kinds of those shows where celebrities get the opportunity to travel back to where their ancestors lived or they find out, you know, they don't know their family history Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a surprise as to what it might be. And so she did that and apparently her 10th great-grandmother, Esther Elwell, was arrested in Salem in the 1600s for committing sundry acts of witchcraft and choking a neighbor to death. (laughs) And so apparently she never went on trial for it and... I think it was right around when the Salem witch trials ended. I I don't remember. It didn't go into too much detail as to what happened to her great grandmother. Mm -hmm. But Sarah Jessica Parker said it really changed who she thought she was. And it was this really interesting connection because it was after she had played this character who was a part of these trials in Salem. Um, So one, one of the things I also want to talk about with Winifred uh, she had a reason for why she looks the way she is. She has a lot of makeup because she's very vain. Mm. She has those little, especially those little like pursed the lips. Pursed lips, yeah. Uh, she has Queen Elizabeth hair. Like, she, yeah. Like, Bette Miller just, like, she goes, this is the most I've demanded that about my character look. Well, and I've heard in from interviews, I've read that she said this is one of her all-time oh, yeah. favorite I mean, roles that's the thing. It's been, it's shocking that it's taken this long to do a Hocus Pocus 2 because, like, she's always like, oh, I want to do it again. I well, and it, it seems again. like all three of them. But she also had buck teeth because she's a flesh eater, is what she said. <laughs> I was like, well, that's weird, but okay. Um, also, she always thought of the three of them as the female three stooges, mm. and that's why she likes this. Another reason she likes this role, she's like, this is, you know, three bumbling physical comedy Women is something you don't get a lot. Yeah, you don't see a lot. Yeah, and they do it so well, and they play off each other yes. so well. She also mentioned I've in a different interview that Winifred, as well as voicing Georgette in Oliver and Company, are two of her most favorite roles to have played. Apparently, she mentions it about Georgette in... Um, I don't know if it's a biography or an autobiography. It's probably an autobiography. Uh, and apparently, she's quoted in that. I saw an Instagram post or something the other day where someone was cosplaying as Georgette, but like as a human. Oh, that's cool. And I got, I got to put it up somewhere. It was great. That's awesome. Um, so something else I wanted to mention, I'm not going to mention anything from this book, but I want to talk about the book because I forgot everything I read. Cause that's my brain, which is funny because I do remember when you read it, it was one of those situations. Where I wanted to you, tell you everything you about me, it. Uh, well, yes. so between the two of us, one of us should have remembered something from that book. Yeah, but, but I want to just tell you the title of the book. If you're a super duper Hocus Pocus fan uh, like myself, it is called Hocus Pocus in Focus, The Thinking Fan's Guide to Disney's Halloween Classic. And it is by Aaron Wallace. And uh, Ryan got this for me. And it I remembered loving this book. I actually will probably reread it now that I'm not recalling a ton from it, <laughs> but I will put up a link for the Amazon book in the Facebook page for anyone who is interested. But if you want to take it further, so to speak, this I think is a great book to do that. And if you look at our cosplay pictures that we're going to post, uh, I may have the book in my robe pocket. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so the big thing about this 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 movie in terms of special effects and everything is the wire work, is the mm. the flying stuff, things like that. Of which the actual actresses did about ninety percent of their own wire work. There's very few stunt women. That's awesome. I it's it's interesting when you watch it because there's all these different ways that they do it. There's they have them on wires. Mm-hmm. They have when in some of the close up shots. They're on like an arm, which is a lot more easily supported. And like, it's, it's basically like, it looks like our uh, podcast arms where it's like they move and, they, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a teeter totter. Um, they talk a lot about the, the weights, the weight stuff. There's also when they do far away shots, those are little tiny puppets of them oh, that cool. I, we'll have to, I'll have to put this video up that are, you know, just detailed enough to be creepy, but yeah. like far away, you'll never notice. That's cool. Um, apparently... Uh, there's a lot of shots of them. Like they ran Jessica, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker into a tree once. Oh, geez. but Sarah Jessica Parker was the one who's like, oh yeah, I was up there. I, I just say, leave me up here during breaks and stuff. I read I that. Yeah. She, she loved it. She, She's like, I read a whole entire script on it. Like for another movie she was doing. Yeah. I read a fact that said she thought the harness was so comfortable. She was just very comfortable yeah. in it. And so instead of lowering, lowering her between takes, I read, she read the New York times while she was up there. So, uh, she may have read several things being up there. Well, Bette Midler may not have liked it as much as that, but she, uh, apparently in the interview, I read, she goes, you know, I never was once worried about because everyone else was like, "We've got our actresses up there. We don't have crash pads below them." Yeah, They're, you know, we're trying to do these shots, and we do. They do a lot of work beforehand to make sure they're in there perfectly. But they're like, once they're up there, it's like. Go with God. Yeah. And Bette Midler was like, I never once was worried about that. But now that you mention it, it's like an interview. She's like, I should have been very worried. <laughs> um, it was the uh, wire work. It was a, a, uh, a wire worker who worked on Point Break. His oh, okay. father did the wire work on Forbidden Planet, and his son was working with him on this. And he said, I oh, hope someday cool. my son goes off and works with his son. It was like this family of wire work. Do you know if that happened? Uh, no, I didn't get to research oh, it. This okay. was just during like the 1993 interview. Got it. I read a couple facts about things that were confessed during anniversaries of this film. So yes. it would be like interviews and anniversaries. Mm-hmm. One was Doug Jones. Yes, who does, his, is Billy Butcher's son. Yes. He revealed that the moths coming out of his mouth are real. Are real. They, and I basically gagged so, when I read So that. here's how they do it. There's a, uh, like, he goes, it's like when you're getting dental work and they put something in your mouth to keep it open. Yeah. Only it's a little flexible so he could close his mouth. But it's two reservoirs with a little hole poked in the back of one of them for the dust. So they put all the dust in there. Yeah. And it's showing him do that. And they show him, like, one, two, three, go. And he's like, I think he only did it twice. Because the first time he did it, and they all just went, it like came straight <laughs> out. Um, it went down, but like, yeah, they, it's, those were live moths. Did they look like live moths to you? Like, that's the worst part well, about now, it to me. It's not like I was like, how did they do that? I was just like, oh, those are just paper things. <laughs> yeah. Or somebody thought maybe it was CGI. You know, people had guesses, but I guess CGI wasn't really. Well, they're using, they're actually they're... using CGI for Binks's face. Oh, like, they've okay. Got, like, so I guess they're they are using elements of But that. like. That didn't look CGI to me. It just looked like little, like if I cut out papers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, <laughs> boy, that was a lot of work for a. It's like when, uh, you, you know, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer puts a live bird in her mouth in, um, Catwoman. As Catwoman in yep, Batman didn't know Returns. That. Like, and it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah. It's like you do these big things so that when you watch the screen, you go, oh, yeah, cool. And you just let it go by. And it's like, was it worth it? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, apparently, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker, 
also really ate the spider. She revealed on the 25th anniversary Ugh. that she ate the spider. I mean... So, I mean, we just say it's just like another weird quirk, but it does seem like all the actors in this film were very dedicated to their characters. I feel like the more research we do... I feel like you now know? they're willing to admit that now because it's like, it's the 25th anniversary. Yeah. My God, what a great movie. But, but like... You know, uh, in August of 1993, exactly. when it, you know, it, when it came out. ate it at the theater, they're like, well, well I can't believe I ate a spider for this movie. And all three of their careers were in very different places mm-hmm. in 1993 versus now, right? So that's an, another thing, too. Uh, also, I read that Max Dennison, did you read who were, was offered Oh, Leonardo roles? DiCaprio. Yeah. He was offered it. They uh, the writer talks about it in this thing I read where he was like they kind of told me he was gonna do it and I think what happened was is that's who they wanted to do it because he was like no no thank you well he went on to do what's eating Gilbert yeah. grapes that's what he did instead so probably the right choice for him since he was mm-hmm. critically acclaimed for that role uh, I also came across that Rosie O'Donnell was offered the role of Mary originally I mean. I could see that, but like it would have been a very different character. Yeah, agreed. I think I think everyone in this film is who they should be in yes. this film. But I, I read that, and I also came across that J Lo auditioned for Sarah Sanderson. I'm gonna throw in a fact for another Halloween movie that has nothing to do with it, just because mm-hmm. I read this fact today. Um, Elvira just released a big book. Yes, I want to read it. Um, apparently, Brad Pitt auditioned for. Before he was Brad Pitt for um, the the male lead in Elvira, Mistress of Darkness, oh, really? like the hunky guy who's uh-huh. I don't know who that actor's name is now. And she goes, my, and it was her note was yum yum in like in the thing. <laughs> and then she met up with him later, and she goes, "You owe me for not ruining your career by casting you in my movie." <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Uh, and and then also Cloris Leachman was a first choice for Winifred. Cloris Leachman should be their mother. Is she still with us? Has she passed? I don't know. I don't. Do you want me to? Look I'll it look up? it up real quick. You go on. I really don't have a ton more. Oh. One other thing I will mention is another thing that we did over the pandemic. Bette Midler and I'm she gonna get just passed this year. Oh, really? She was ninety five. Wow! My goodness! I'm gonna get the organization. She's been good. Let me go. Let me say this fact again because I want to get the organization right. I think Bet Mid, uh, uh, not her name. Well, Betty White should be in it. I just thought about. I was thinking of other. Ooh, that like, would be good. But I don't think she should be their mother. I think she'd just be another witch. Yeah. So uh, another thing that we did to connect us to this film during the pandemic last year during Halloween, Bet Midler every year hosts. Um, a big fundraising event for the New York Restoration Project. Mm -hmm. She founded it in 1995, and it renovates gardens, restores parks, plants trees, does a lot of things for the city of New York. And they did a Halloween event. I think most times it was in person, and lots of celebrities come dressed up. So instead, they did a virtual version, and that's where we saw the Sanderson sisters unite. It was supposed to be like a... um documentary on the sanderson sisters and it was it was also just it was so goofy because they kept going to everyone's door and knocking on it and then like it was but it would it it was cut so that you know it was it was a two shot so it could be like them and then they just someone would just film the reaction for the door but who who, uh, jamie lee curtis was in it a ton 
Yes. What? Oh, do you remember what the bit was with Jamie Lee Curtis? I don't off the top of my head, but I just remember it was silly and goofy, but it was fun to see these three reunite. And then... There's a fourth short- Sanderson sister now. You don't remember the fourth Sanderson sister? The uh, Oh, yes. What is his name? Todrick. Todrick. Yes, Todrick. yes, yes. That's right. Todrick Hall. Yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, but it was fun to see them reunite. And then I think shortly after that is when they officially announced that there would be a yes. sequel. Which I read had a date of 2022, but I don't know if that's now pushed back due to the pandemic The at last all. I saw is fall of 2022. Okay. So I'm assuming like they're probably just filming under yeah. pandemic stuff. And it's Disney Plus. Um, let me go real quick into the information I have about it because um, I did a uh, Disney Plus original. So three young women bring the Sanderson sisters back. Uh, Anne Fletcher is the director who is the choreographer of Hairspray and the director of The Proposal. Oh, okay. Uh, it's supposed to be a movie for adults and children, which is what they say about every movie because it's like they're trying to mm-hmm. reach a demographic. Um, Sam Richardson has been cast and is the only other person oh, famous. Neat. Sam Richardson, the uh, he's in Veep. Yeah. Yeah. And he's in that werewolf movie we keep meaning to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a, like I said earlier, there was a rumor that their mother will be in it. Um, I have a note up here that has nothing to do with anything, but it's for some reason grouped with this. Uh, Thora Birch had a big crush on Sean Murray, a.k.a. McGee from NCIS <laughs> and enjoyed when they got to share some time <laughs> like That's working funny. together. Uh, I had a one or two things that were like, oh, fun things to note. And one of those was the animatronic cat was used later on. Can you guess what television show it was used in? Oh, it's got to be um, Sabrina. Yes, it was used in Sabrina the yeah. Teenage Witch. Which, and- do you know, that was originally an Elvira show. Elvira pitched it to CBS. Oh, of no. like Elvira and her two aunts lived with a cat and all this blah blah oh, blah and wow. they go, no, I and didn't they know were that. basically like we can't have that much cleavage on CBS and then two years later they started doing Sabrina oh, and that's she was like frustrating huh, well hmm. yes uh, another fact about an animal the devil's dog was Kathy Najimy's dog oh yeah so yeah, Gary yeah. Marshall's dog that's awesome yeah um, I have one more fact. Gary Marshall asked Bette to sing Wind Beneath My Wings in her witch outfit every t- every day that they uh, shared on set. <laughs> um, and Billy Butcherson with no head is played by a much smaller woman. Oh. Which I thought was interesting. I wanna, I've started to look into how to do Headless Horseman uh, <laughs> uh, costumes because I yeah. kind of want to do that one year. That would be really fun. Speaking of Billy Butcherson, his stitches, I've never noticed this, so I'm going to look out for it when we watch it here in a second. Apparently, it's the Roman numeral for 13. Is oh, so it'd be XII? XIII. I. Yes. Yes. So it's 10 and then 3. Yeah. So apparently, that's what the stitching is. So we'll have to keep a lookout for that. But that goes into what we said at the beginning of this, all the intricate details that I think there are things you can pick up on. So listeners, if there's anything you notice along the way in your viewing, we'd love to hear about it. And we're really excited to watch it and see if we can pick out anything else. Yeah, are you ready to start? Yeah, let's do it. So let's uh, take the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. See you on the other side, listeners. listeners tara's exact quote was so good as always yes this is a yearly a yearly movie for us we see it at least once a year uh it was on where was it on that i got side oh (laughs) 
my boss takes us out for kind of a night and we do pedicures and we do dinner somewhere. And it was on when we were getting pedicures. And I like it was hard for me to pay attention to conversation <laughs> because I like couldn't stop like looking at the TV and watching it. Do you remember when we went and saw this? Did we see it at? Like at a park somewhere or something? Yes, we did. Yeah, we've had so many special memories with this movie. One of the first years we moved here to the Austin area... They and I think they do it every year. They they do um, different movies in the park, and it was right. at this park in Austin. It was an, infla- an inflatable screen, and I missed we, most of it because I know it was the longest line for for food, truck. food trucks. Yeah, that was a bummer. But yeah, we've seen it there. Then when we saw Kathy and Jimmy speak, mm-hmm. uh, then they showed the movie after yes. she talked. So we've seen a screening that way as well. Um, well, let's get started because we are recording a little late tonight. Yeah. It's the bewitching hour. Mm-hmm. Well, it opens up and we notice that it's rated PG and it's the description for PG is scary depictions, which, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then tobacco. But There's one line where I says, if you don't give us smokes, you better give us something else. But I didn't it. see anyone nope. actually smoking. Other than Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. Woo! <laughs> and Max has the lighter, but he never lights yeah. a cigarette. So that was the only, like, the closest to tobacco. So I did find that interesting. But it opens with the book and then a shadow of a witch flying. And it I opens think with it's, a different book, not the book. But just, like, a like book. Like, an old book and it opens. Yeah. It's like it's telling the story. But I really like the shadow of the witch flying. Like, we don't know who it is. And you kind of see it as they're flying over this landscape. Well, I think it's animated. Oh, really? It looks animated. Interesting. Uh, and they fly to a village. And you hear Sarah's song in the background. What we come to know as Sarah's song. And so I think it's Sarah flying. It is Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we find out that Zachary realizes they're conjuring. He sees kind of the light with, coming from the woods. With Elijah, who's a character I never remember. Yeah, yeah. And he, it's it's the smoke from the it's this smoke, weird colored right. smoke. And he starts running to find Emily and you see Barefoot. That, barefoot through the leaves. <laughs> the I mean it's it's an emergency. But you see that Emily is being lured by Sarah like in the distance. Mm-hmm. There are two images of them like going off into the woods, which I thought was a cool touch as well. So that is in actually in Salem. I those think those shots where he's running through the yes. the house is a set. And it's like a full house they built. It is. I, I had read that they spent a chunk of time filming in Salem. So I I'm think sure there are other stuff scenes in Salem is too. Is was, in Salem, but I, I don't know what is and what isn't. Sean Murray, the actor who does the physical embodiment of Thackeray Beans. Yes, we should say it's not his voice. I believe it's Jason Marsden, but I'll get it. But for some reason, I turned my phone off, so I have to wait for it to come back on. Um, <laughs> you but, were in a movie theater. You had to turn your phone <laughs> I off. I don't know why. I did. Yeah, I got used to it. Um, but, uh, he did mention this part was in, in Salem. So like, mm. I, I think the, the, I think the end is filmed on a blue screen so they could do his effect where he's a ghost. I see. So this is probably only his time in Salem. Got it. But th- I think the rest of it could be, that it had a very, uh, Massachusetts, New England looking structure to all the houses and everything. Yeah. So. And I had read that they spent, I, I read and I didn't write it down the dates of when they were in Salem filming. So they did spend some time there filming. I also think it's such a good shot of them because we haven't seen what they look like yet. We haven't seen the faces of the witches. And the first time we see them, we see their backs and they're surrounding Emily. 
And so I just think that that's a cool first shot that we see all three of them with their capes without seeing what they look like. Um, And then they go into the spell to take Emily's life. We find out that they want to be younger and to do that they need to have the souls of children. And so they go in to this whole spell with the dead man's toe and they need a what is it? A bite of their tongue? A bit of their own tongue. A bit so of their bite own it tongue. Off. Yes. Uh, of course, when they turn around and they're in their ugly old versions, that's the version Tara, uh, Tara was like, I need to cosplay. I just don't think a lot of people do the old <laughs> version of them. And I think they're way more... They're, they're interesting regardless. But when you really look at them old, their teeth are all rotted out. Like Winifred's fingernails well, are discolored. Winifred's, Winifred's teeth are the same as they are when yes. she's young. Yes, Winifred's which I think teeth are nice. kind of a funny joke of like the first time you see her, you're like, oh, look at those teeth. And then it's like, nope, that's just it. Yeah, <laughs> but her fingernails are discolored compared to what they are later on. Oh, they're beautiful her, press-on nails later. Well, yeah, her... Her makeup, uh, just all of them. Yes. They There's a lot of detail to make them look old and weathered. And then when they turn young and beautiful. Younger. After, younger. After yes. they have Emily's soul. But uh, did you hear what he called you? I love that line too. When uh, Thackeray calls them a hag. There's a lot of good one-liners throughout mm-hmm. this whole film. And they wind up changing Thackeray to a cat. They want to punish him more than killing him. And so instead, they are going to have him live forever and kind of watch what they do to the town, what they've done to his sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then the townspeople come to come get them because they are they know that Thackeray went to get Emily. And they go to get them. And they're at the gallows. <laughs> and the book opens up. Well, no, first they go, she goes, sisters, they're like, ah, but then they oh, don't yeah, when sing, they, they sing. do like this weird cacophonous chant of like, I spit three, 12 times on the 12 tables. Psh, psh, psh. Like, I love it off. so much. It's but they, great. But they tune up to something that's yes. not a song. I it's don't know really why it good. tickles me so. I, I love it too. Um, and There's so much weird stuff they're saying and doing that going back through it, I think the biggest failing of this is kind of the sound edit. Because mm. I think so, it's hard to tell what they're doing. I would suggest watching this with, if you, if you know, even if it's your first time, but if you've seen it a few times, watching it with subtitles. I would on agree with that to catch yeah. all the little jokes and stuff they say. Because sometimes they they they're moving so quickly that they kind of what the what the sisters are saying gets lost in this background. Yeah, and I will say having the subtitles, it, it's kind of fun to to read everything. Mm-hmm. And so that transforms. They say they're going to be back in 300 years, and then you see their legs dangle. And then, which is kind of a little, so they get little, hung. Little, yeah. little macabre. They're hanged, they're hung. I don't yeah. know which. And but that's something to look out for if you got kids watching this. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure actually, the kids won't say anything. But I did say that was the best time to see if you're a cosplayer what their uh, footwear yes. looks like. Because because uh, Sarah almost just has cowboy boots. It looks yeah, like. and there's one other shot when it well at least of Winifred when she lifts up her dress that you can see her shoes and and her stockings very yeah. well. But this is the other scene you there's, can see that. I think there's actually a lot of feet shots of them in this movie, and not in like a weird Quentin Tarantino fetishizing way just like they seem to really be like into their footwear well and the rhythm of the way they move yes kenny kenny ortega i believe his name was was the director and he was a choreographer for a lot of movies Mm. before this so there's kind of he said something about he's like i like to find the rhythm of a scene and they've i think that's why you were asking why they do that like 
sir, the, the hag walk or something. They, she calls it something when they're in it's the school and it's the hag march or something. And oh, it's I like, didn't pay attention. She, I thought that they... that's what it said in the, in the oh, subtitles. Oh, in the subtitles, yeah, yeah, it yeah. might call it something. Yeah, I don't think it's verbalized what it is. Well, no, I think winifred says something like to get him lined up oh but it's again there's a lot there's so much just screaming and talking that going on that some of that gets lost but it's like the like left right left mm-hmm. right and uh that feels like something a choreographer would do sometimes when they leave a scene they like go in an order that feels like a dance mm-hmm. like the blocking is very um rhythmic in kind of a way i like yeah. it a lot and uh, that's when the narration turns over to the voice of a teacher. And so now we are in present day. I got to find out who that actress is. Keep going. But she's, I feel like she's in a million things. And the teacher tells this tale, you know, 300 years ago to the day is the story of the Sanderson sisters. And Kathleen Freeman, who was the penguin in uh, Sister in the Blues Brothers. She's in the oh. Naked Gun movie. She's, she's. Does the voice of an old woman in Shrek. She's been in a million comedies. She's she's great. But. Oh, okay. Well, then we get introduced to Max and Allison and the rest of the class. And Max is too cool for school. Comes from California. Has a tie-dye shirt. Is drawing a picture of the Grateful Dead. Doodling while the teacher's telling this story. And does not believe. And you made a good point that in a lot of these types of tales, it's one person believes and no one else believes. And this is kind of the reverse yes. where the town believes to some extent, this tale. Well, we've seen the reverse in uh, the origin of this scene from <laughs> Ernest Scared Stupid when the girl is the only one who believes For those that... of you who listen to Ernest Scared Stupid... Oh, go back and listen to our Ernest Scared Stupid episode. <laughs> uh, they do a similar opening as Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus steals a lot of ideas from Ernest... from. This stands on the, the shoulder I of a giant. I don't necessarily agree with that mm. statement, but... Uh, Max winds up cutting through the graveyard. You know, he gives Allison his number and she she's kind of flirty with him, but then hands it back to him. And he cuts through the graveyard to get home on his bike. And this is where we meet Jay and Ernie, but not Ernie. It's Iceman. It's Iceman, I told you. Ice now. Uh, Tara asked me if I knew anybody who ever shaved anything in the back of their head and i don't think i did growing up but if you did please let us know yeah i feel like there were kids in school who did but nobody that i was like close enough friends with and nobody that i can remember what it was that was shaved in their head but they wind up stealing his cross trainers they call him hollywood and they bully him are they are they nike shoes they're nike shoes because yeah, then but later they, they got the cross, nike bag yeah he's got the, the, nike, the nike bag, bag. i don't think about that so there's a nike scholarship or uh, uh, sponsorship sponsorship so then uh, we get introduced to Danny, who is amazing. We were talking about Thora this in the Birch, movie. Thora Birch, who would go on to be in American Beauty and some other stuff. Yeah, we were just talking about strong she's women. Appar- she's apparently a bad guy on The Walking Dead a couple seasons oh. ago. Like, like when they showed me the picture, I went, oh, God, that's Thora Birch. And then they sh- – what sh- – I'm not – she looks like herself now – but what they did in The Walking Dead, just she's got like a shaved head. Yeah. And it's just, it's something I don't really want to talk about on this Disney podcast. But they do some crazy stuff with it. Hmm. I was like, wow. Uh, but we get introduced to her here. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. But just really impressed with her as an actress and as a character. She, when she was auditioning, I told you that she, uh, they went into the room and she had her feet up on the table. Mm-hmm. And the director, and she like, immediately when the director in, like sat up straight. And he's like, no, 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 get comfortable. She's like, oh, what do you want to talk about? She's like, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? She goes, anything except the industry. <laughs> like, it was just, they kept joking about how she was like 
you know, 10 going on 40. And like. she has that in this film as yes. well. She has a couple lines and the way she carries herself. But when we're introduced to her, we're seeing her, seeing through her eyes. She's in the closet. About very to Michael scare, Myers. About to scare Max. And the music gets very horror Michael movie. Myers. Yeah, yeah, creepy. And she pops out and she says boo. And she overhears him, you know, daydreaming about Allison with a pillow. Yes. And I wrote here how much I love their relationship. I really, we see it throughout the film, but he genuinely cares for her. You know, they fight and are annoyed with each other. Like I think a real brother and sister are, especially that age difference Mm -hmm. um, where he's becoming an older teenager. And so now he's more... He's paying attention more to his image and what people think of him, but he still cares for her and still wants to look out for her. Uh, and she looks up to him and it's a really good relationship. I also like her like uh, witch costume. I do We've too. We've got a lot of really good costumes to talk yes, about in this so, movie. I, yeah, I wrote them down a little bit later, if but you, her witch costume is very good. If you've watched this movie a lot, just have a, a viewing where it's like looking up Follow Halloween the costumes. costumes. Yeah. yeah, follow the kids' costumes throughout the town. Follow there's the a, adult costumes in the costume party. There's a Mrs. Potts that's pretty amazing. Pretty, and that one's pretty prominent. You yeah. see Mrs. Potts go up to get candy and then come through the witches to leave. But the next uh, part is they wind up going trick-or-treating. Mm. Max doesn't want to go, and the parents are going to this party, so he's got to take them. And I wrote here, and I, I'm saying it on the air to remember, that we want one year to paint a pumpkin like that witch that they zoom in on. <laughs> they zoom in it's on like this green bright pumpkin, green yeah. Yeah, pumpkin that's painted with this like crooked smile of a witch. It uh, almost looks like those Mr. and Mrs. people. A you little know, bit. You know, there was like Mr. Happy and Mr. Hungry. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to have all those books. Miss Sun, Little Miss Sunshine was yeah. one, I think. Um, there, they get, they run into Ice and I forgot the other guy's name again. Ice and Ralph. Jay. Jay. Jay and Ice. Yeah, they're they're like you got to pay the toll. So when you come away from getting candy to leave this person's yard, you've got to pay them. Yeah. X and, amount of candy. And Danny like stands up to them, you know, shows that again. She's real. She's real like. Feeling confident, and she's got her big brother with yeah. her, and she thinks her big brother, you know, she thinks the world of him, so she's like, well, I've got my big brother. They kind of have a back and forth after that, and they end up going to what they think is like this Richie Rich house, and they go and they just walk inside, uh, trick or treat, and there's a big cauldron of candy, of, of whole, whole candy, size candy bars. bars, and then Allison is up at the top in a, I thought this was funny, because this is apparently the rich house, and they have no sense of irony, they're all just dressed as like French aristocracy. Yeah. Which, you know, we know how well that worked out for them. <laughs> um, listen to our Beauty and the Beast episode. Uh, and she, you know, they start talking and she starts talking about the Sanderson sisters. And she's like, oh, my, my mom used to run the museum. And Max is like, well, why don't we go? You know, and that great idea of like, hey, let's make out in a cemetery or all the terrible things people do in horror movies. Well, and I also think... He wants her to like him, and he knows she's into the story. And now he yes. found out her mom used to work there. He's because co-opting, it became, yeah, he's co-opting his sister's interest. Yeah, it became a museum. So, and he's trying to. You see this this bit with him and Danny where he's like, "Oh yeah, I take her trick or treating every year," and he's like, "Our parents made him," you know, like he's yeah. trying to to present a version of himself that isn't entirely accurate at this point for Allison to be more. Um, Make him more likable to her. So they head to the mu- the museum, the Sanderson's house. And you talked about how they fully built this house. Yes, and that the uh, production designer begged to be on this movie, went to Kenny Ortega and was like, please, I want to be on this movie. I'm a huge Halloween dork. 
and they've made this whole entire uh, house that was so big that they could never quite film all the little details. Like Kenny Ortega said, goes, I would need twice as much film to film all the little details. Yeah, which is very cool. Um, The name of the uh, production designer is Bill Sandell. Okay. So, yeah, he made a big deal about doing that. Very Um, cool. I do like all the... The, the details of the museum part of this, like the Zippos and the and weird the stuff you could, yeah. And the candy and the postcards like, they and they the just, cash like, register. They just yeah. abandoned it. Like they didn't. Yeah, like... it said, there's a sign later on that they zoom in on that says it's under renovations. But yeah, I think it just closed down. No, it's just covered in cobwebs. No, it, there is Oh, actual... I believe you there's a sign, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. sign is incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but do you know for the sequel if any of the original production people, or I know you said it's a different director, but I'm oh, curious. I don't know. I mean, curious if any original people besides the talent, the actors, the, are, are going to be associated I, with it. I feel like it's going to be easier to hire for it, though, because even if you don't have the original people, there are people who are so into this lore. Yes, and but I'm curious up. if they would bring back. No I'm idea. curious about that. So I'd love to I'd love to be on the lookout for that as we get more information about the sequel. Mm-hmm. But we then find out the piece of the lore that we haven't heard about yet, which is the black flame candle, which has become central oh. to the story. We don't this Allison tells us about. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, Allison tells us about the lore of the black flame candle and how, you know, it's said if it's lit by a virgin that the witches mm. will come back. And a cat tries to stop them from doing it. Yes, and this is where we meet Binks. Well, we don't know what's Binks. It just could be a cat. I guess that's true. We do meet Binks. She does change. She changes him, and then we don't really see him. He's kind of like off in a hill. Oh, when right. The yeah, yeah, no, this so is we definitely Binks. Kind of we know. Him. But we don't know he can talk yet. Is yes, what that's saying. it. Yeah. So Which, I why didn't he say anything to his family? <laughs> do you think he learned to talk if you have a cat hat I'm 300 sure he years? he learned to talk over time. Yeah, I don't know that it was like, or maybe he didn't realize he could talk. He was probably so distraught and shocked. I in like that the moment. idea that any cat given 300 years could learn to talk. If they were alive <laughs> that long. If they were alive that long. Yeah. So I wrote here such a good entrance. When they light, when Max lights this candle, all of the lights, light switches and candles go off and then they all come back on. And there's a lot of physical stuff that happens in the house before we see the witches. And it's a really cool sequence. It's really interesting you say that because originally it was different in the in the script. They were supposed to like come out of the candle. Oh, and yeah, I like this to, much was, better. But that's interesting that it's so good, but it, it's definitely done as a budgetary restraint. Yeah. Which is one thing I'm worried about the new one. I'm curious how much digital stuff they're going to do. And how much money they're going to have yeah, for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. the new one. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like Jaws. You know, when yeah. you think of like Jaws and all the issues they had with the shark, if they did it the way it was originally planned, it may It'd have be been a, very a totally different movie. Different movie. I, this is definitely like the, you know, uh, uh, when you have, you can only do stuff physically. It's still so affecting. Yeah. Them like everything moving around them, just walking. And when the door opens up, like listeners, you won't be able to see this, but Tara will. Bette Midler looks like. It's like, so She looks good. so manic. It's, it's amazing. I just, I really, we said this at the top, but I really recommend if this is a movie you really enjoy to pick a sister and just focus on their performance the entire time. I know we did it when we 
went and saw Kathy and Jimmy, we both decided, okay, we're really going to focus on Mary yes. in this viewing. Uh, and it's super, super fun to do that because there are so many little details that each one Sarah's, of them do. Sarah's a lot of fun because she's always doing something in the background when, like, I think Mary and Winnie are sometimes kind of the focus. Like, yeah, when they're making Mary the is, potion. Yeah, or, yeah, Mary is there for Winnie to bounce stuff off of. And mm-hmm. then it's like Sarah's kind of the odd man she's now. Aloof. So she's yeah. walking around. The, but she's the curly or like the Harpo when we were talking about them being like the Stooges yeah. or whatever. She's she's like that. The the, the kind of the, the real physical comedy one. Yeah. And so uh, Danny, you know, they smell children and Danny like pops up. She's scared. But she has a little bit of a persona and then Max does later. And I think that's really good because it's on the spot. And she goes, thou thought, what did she say? I thought thou would never come. She's Something like that. She's trying to pitch that she let them lose. Yeah, that she was the one who lit the candle and that it was on purpose that she lit the candle mm-hmm. to, you, you know, to have them show up. I feel like that's going to be in the new one. Is it something where it's three kind of girls who are maybe like goth or a little bit spooky kind of people and they get the idea to do this for fun or like they're literally trying to bring back the sanderson sisters and they don't realize how like because i think we have that thing now where everyone's really into halloween and then there's like how dangerous witches really are or or the sanderson sisters would really be yeah i would say the sanderson sisters yes yeah but like they're kind of just kind of goofing around with it and then it's like yeah oh, no. potentially i'm super curious what the story is going to yes. be like for the sequel for sure um, but this is where Max then introduces himself as the great and powerful Max and how he's going to do the burning rain of death Which and it's the sprinklers. Move. And it's, again, it's another really like on your feet, quick thinking. There's actually a scene right, uh, right before this where, uh, Allison jumps out. She has a fine pitch. She goes, Hey Mary. And Mary <laughs> turns around and she barely goes, yes, hello. Like, yeah. The way she says it is so good. It's really good. <laughs> Uh, but I, when he goes with the lighter before he lights the sprinkler, he makes fire in his hands. Like there's yes. so many good, so many good lines. We're going to obviously say some of them, but oh, there's oh, so many good one-liners say most in of this. Them. Yeah. I love this movie. Uh, but this is then oh, some of the other things I wanted to talk about. The makes fire with his hands. Other things that they're not sure what it is because it's modern day right. times that I enjoy is the Black River. And then they, they push Sarah. Sarah into it. Yeah, and it's asphalt. Yes. And so it's firm as stone. The sirens from the fire truck really spook them because they don't know what the heck that is. The witch hunters because they wear black robes and yes, carry axes. The firemen, yeah, yes, calling them witch hunters. Uh, the contraption being the bus and then yes. trying to figure that out. You know, it'll take you to your desire. All of this is kind of them figuring out, like, this is what happens while the kids, the kids grab the book and and, and run with Thackeray. And this is them figuring out the town and kind of running into yeah, stuff. Yeah, and this is when the kids realize that the cat talks. And mm-hmm. at this point, they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, we've seen the Sanderson sisters. They're not super surprised that Binks talks. They run to the... They grab the spell book They grab the, the spell out. book and they run to the cemetery because Binks says... I also love this movie kind of setting up some decent, well-thought-out lore for... Uh, witches. I mean, this. I know we talked enough about Ernest Scared Stupid, but one of the things about Ernest Scared Stupid I liked is the lore they set up for these trolls that, like, kind of has nothing to do with anything, but it's like they do this and they do this and they do the same thing with witches. Witches cannot set uh, foot on hallowed ground. Later, like, salt creates a barrier, which is kind of a big thing for supernatural creatures Mm -hmm. in the show Supernatural. Yeah. Um, But they head there and they show them Billy Butcherson's grave for 
uh, foreshadowing. Well, and he also, to tell the story of how ruthless Winifred is, yes. he basically says, you know, he was her her boyfriend, and then he started being he with was Sarah. sporting with Sarah. Yeah, sporting with Sarah, and so she killed him and sewed his mouth shut. So he'd never tell his secrets ever, and even, even in, in the death. afterlife. And I love that Winifred seems to sport, seems to have no ill will towards Sarah for this. Just, I mean, do, does she though? I mean, she's not, not specifically for this. Yeah, I, in general, she seems very put upon by her sister. Yeah, she thinks her sister's yes. stupid, but like they seem like a tight knit group, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. this is Billy's fault." I guess that's true. Yeah. So she does bring Billy back to life and they're flying over the graveyard and she basically wants Billy to go after the kids. Mm -hmm. Now, Billy's mouth is sewn shut and it is a 13. We were able to catch Mm -hmm. that. And for the majority of the film, the kids are very scared of Billy and rightfully so. And he can't talk, so he can't tell them what he's thinking. But we do get to hear it later on. Yes. And at this point, the sisters are getting into the bus they're going through these, are they catacombs? It's kind of like a sewer system under it's, the street. Yeah, yeah. It goes into the sewer system. Yeah, and Binks is like, you know, I used to chase mice down here. This is a great way that we can kind of get away from them. And when they go up through a manhole at one point to see where they're at, then the bus, Sarah's runs driving the bus, Binks. runs over Binks. They get really upset. <laughs> he blows up and like it, a balloon. Yeah. And it has this terrible bone, like, stitching back together. Oh, yeah. Though. That sound, and when they bite their tongue and spit into yes. the cauldron, that's the other one for me. And it turns out Thackeray can't die. Not only can he not, he just has a long life, he cannot die. Like, they're making yeah. him stay alive to feel guilty. Yes. So, the next thing we see is... All the kids dressed up. They want children. Mary smells children on the bus, makes the bus driver stop. The bus driver has a couple. He's kind of a creep, but I feel like some of it's kind of charming because he's like, I'm going to be honest, like if if out of the three of them, like Sarah is the most classically good looking one, right? Yeah. But when they open the doors, like, hey, hey, ladies, like he's in the. All of them, except for Winifred when she leaves and he's like party pooper. Well, yeah, because she takes them away. And he gives her, her, and she gives him the most like Tara look I've ever seen. (laughs) So they leave, they smell children, and then they see this house and they're like, oh, it's Master's house. It kind of has. They don't say it until he comes out. Oh, that's right. But this is also where we see Sonic the Hedgehog. So be on the lookout for the Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. We see Mrs. Potts here. We see a Michael Myers mask. I think it's a Michael Myers. It looks like a Michael Myers. It's definitely a white mask with black hair yeah that we have and we've just seen halloween kills and we were like it's mike myers yeah so they think he is the master that he is the devil himself he invites them in uh and there's so many good faces from winifred here and one of the best ones (laughs) is when she asks about the book and he says we'll get to the book later and hands her a clark bar and her face, you've got to just, face. you've got to watch it. And it's so good because she And then carries, she just like sh- sashays angrily. She carries that expression, yeah, like behind him and off. And it's <laughs> so good. Uh, but this whole scene is great. Penny Marshall's fantastic. It's just a really, really good scene. Mm-hmm. She comes down being excited. She's lost five pounds and she sees that Sarah is dancing with her husband. And she's like, that's it. You need to get out of this house. Yeah. What are you doing? And that's when Winifred starts to put together, he's not actually the master. These aren't actually goblins and ghouls. These are children dressed up. We did miss the three little girls dressed as the Sanderson sisters. Yes, who take the brooms. Steal their brooms. And then they just walk off screen, but you hear like, 
yeah. of them. And I'm like, did they, like, is the implication they just went flying off into the night? And I want to know what happened to those children. Yeah, what was the rest of their night yeah. look like? Uh, but this is then when... Maybe those are the three children in the sequel who the three girls who <laughs> maybe i am curious how many years they're gonna if it's gonna be I, a present day i think like it this is one. gonna be so they would be i think it's young women is how they refer to them so. yeah so then uh we've got them trying to tell adults they do this in a couple different ways that hey the sanderson mm-hmm. sisters are back this is really important and really serious and first they find a cop and they try to tell this cop, he's like, I'm a virgin, I lit the candle, and the cop gives him a hard time, and we realize he's just dressed up for Halloween. He's not yes. actually a cop. Then they go to the costume party. They're trying to find their parents, and this, anytime the costume party appears, be on the lookout. We saw an Annie Oakley with, like, pop guns. Yes. We saw um, somebody alligator. dressed as Tron. The alligator, Tron's the Supremes there. are in there. There's one where this guy has, like, it looks like he's wearing a, like, gangster outfit that he made out of like the cartoon section of the newspaper oh yeah yeah that was it's like so weird yeah, yeah it's a suit but it looks like it's made out of comic strips yes like black and white comic yeah strips. well it kind it's of so looks weird. like all the suits that they make now with like the david s pumpkins and it's all pumpkins yeah it, it's a little reminiscent of that but this is way before that was like a thing to where like there was a suit for every holiday like that and the dad is dad kula yes and the mom is madonna that's <laughs> so good and we also love the singer his costume is very cool him being yes. a skeleton and his top hat and, I think and it's the pretty, cobwebs everywhere i think it's pretty simple because it's just that shirt that looks like a rib cage and then like a his face makeup is is very his face makeup's good very detailed but it's just face makeup a top hat a suit and then like a the the the, the easy the shirt you can get that's just a rib cage there's just cobwebs yeah but another good costume So they're trying to explain to their parents. Their parents think they've had too much candy. They don't really know what's going on. And then Max points out, you know, he goes up on stage and he's like, they're here and points to them. And then Winifred, thank you, Max, for that marvelous introduction. And then it turns into... I put a spell on you. I put a spell on you. And I mean, you can't have the Divine Miss M and not have her sing. When she hits that mine at the end... At the end, it's it's so good. Like, it's... It takes my breath away every, like literally. I'm just like, what? Like every year, I'm like, God, I forget about it's so great. It happens. It's a really. But they're also enchanting the crowd. Yes, yeah, they're they're you know the kids say don't listen and everybody's just like singing and bopping along and then they say back what the spell is yeah. when they're doing the spell. And Billy shows up and kind of like everyone's like, hey, great costume, like as he's being kind of tossed around. Though. Yeah, and then it's dance until you die is kind of the last bit of yes. the spell. So we see this later on that they dance all night and they don't stop dancing. Mm-hmm. All of the parents. So the next bit that we really like the kids run off and they go into an alley and there's this, they're outside the back oh, of a restaurant right. and there's a dude dressed as a pirate and he goes, which one is going to the jacuzzi? And there's a whole tank of lobsters outside, outside. this restaurant. And he goes up oh, Angelo. And we were like, Hey, why would you name the lobsters? What is it? One. What is, what is <laughs> four, three things. A, a two, two and D. And D. That's um, a home alone. But uh yeah, why would you name the lobster? Why is the tank outside in Salem? Mm-hmm. Weird, super cold. 
And it's just like a really funny moment that I feel like somebody was like, this has to get in the movie. Like right. they wrote this bit. They thought it was funny. I love it. I think it's funny. It, but Every every year I'm like, why is it outside? Like you don't put a lobster tank. Yeah. It's open air outside. If it rains or like, I don't know. It could freezes. I more think, it. I more think like it's cold in Massachusetts. It, it's got to be a health health code or some sort yeah but the witch has come and she's like i smell scrod you know yes a bottom Uh, dweller bottom bottom feeder and then uh they're chasing them and they're well allison there's the the old oven outside and that's where she goes i've got an idea yeah and this whole time Mary is like the bloodhound. You know, they don't always see where they're going, but Mary is sniffing and smelling to follow their trail. And so Allison gets this idea and they show up at the school. And this is another one where Winifred sees it as a prison for children. Well, watch that scene because I don't think that's them. I think that's other people in like their outfits because they never look at the camera at all. It's a quick scene. It is. I would like to see it again because I really think it's just three women in wigs. I mean, maybe it was something they added later yes, on. Yes, thought about they later. Thought. Yeah, but she interprets it as a prison from children and then we hear Max come over the loudspeaker with Welcome to High School Hell and he's Boris Karloff Jr. and that's the actor from, who played Frankenstein and the Mummy and, and the probably mummy. other things. Yeah. So they... Uh, Trick them. They trick them into going into the kiln in the art class. Which did you have that in no. high school? I uh, would have loved to have that. I think we had one, but I vaguely remember it being very small and like just for the kids who were like taking like serious art. Like we never got to use. I I feel like maybe. Yeah, I never took an art elective in high school because I did mostly band and I did mostly music electives. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't think we had one because I feel like I would have remembered friends. I had friends who did mm-hmm. take all the art electives and I feel like I would have remembered them making ceramics and stuff. And I don't think they ever did. I vaguely feel like maybe we did. Um, or maybe they took it off. But this is a pretty large one. Like this oh, is yeah, a yeah. walk-in, like a walk-in freezer, right. although it's a walk-in kiln. But they've got a French tape going that is like, but it, I, I, for some reason, maybe I've noticed it. I, a lot of times when I watch movies, I go, did you ever notice? And it's like, yes, idiot. Last time you watched this, well, you Well, don't call it. yourself an idiot, but <laughs> But yeah. they're like, it's all the French stuff is like, where is my book? What kind of book are what you kind looking for? What book are you looking for? Yeah. Where's, the, where's the library? Yes, yeah. <laughs> So uh, they put them in there. We see all this green smoke. We hear them. We see them screaming that it's very hot in there. You see the line of fire go in front of Winifred. She's like, yeah, it's really good. Like seeing the three of them through that little window in the door. And so then they're celebrating. You know, they think they've defeated the witches. They're adopting Binks. Binks can live with Danny. Mm-hmm. And then I She's love... feed him all the milk and tuna fish he wants. Yeah, and I love the sentiment, the idea of, you know, Danny's going to take care of him, then her children, then their children, then, you know, and it goes on and on that, like, it'll mm-hmm. be an inherited cat from one family to the next. The parents still aren't home, which the kids think are a little weird, but they don't think too much about it. And then they all kind of fall asleep. The, at the house. The smoke, like, re... They basically just play that scene backwards. Yeah. And it goes back down the thing, and they all come back, and <laughs> the door opens. And Winifred has this great way of, like, doing this slow, like, annoyed walk, where she's like... Bonjour. Bonjour. Where is your book? Bonjour. <laughs> like, yeah, and then says it in French. It's a really good bit. 
Uh, and they are now they're they're basically like they're over this. They now it's this is where I think it starts to become. Can I not say that? Yeah, I don't. Let's let's do that. Now right. they're mad. now they're they're pretty frustrated. They're pretty angry. And I think this is where Winifred starts to be kind of vindictive, where it's just like, I don't want any child. I want those children. Mm-hmm. I want those specific children. They've stolen my book. She still doesn't have the book back. Right. She doesn't remember the spell. And so they go back to the house and ask. (laughs) It's over. As they go back to the house, they come across the bullies. They come across Jay and Ice. Oh, because they're wearing his shoes and Mary smells his shoes. And she's like, oh, wrong child. Yeah. And it's actually Mary was on the right track. Yeah. It's just none of them know that. It's three in the morning and Jay says, how come it's always the ugly chicks that are out late? And they all three turn and (laughs) Winifred's like. Chicks. And she does that thing with her hands. Yes. Hard cut to them in cages above the gold. And I also like that ugly wasn't the issue. It was chicks that bothered her. But that was the that was the word that she like focused on. So as that's happening, uh Allison wakes up, sees what time it is, kind of freaking out. They're talking about poor Banks, you know, he did so much for us. Maybe we could save him. And Allison gets this idea, well, we can open the spell book now. You know, the witches are gone. And Max at first is like, Binks told us not to. Allison kind of persuades him like what could happen. And when they open it, they don't see this. But the book glows and like shoots this beam of light and it becomes like a beacon. Mm -hmm. And Winifred at one point said, book, make thyself known. So she's kind of commanded the book when it's able to make itself known. And it does. Mm -hmm. And so this is when she's very depressed and she's she's written it off that they're doomed. (laughs) This is the end. This is the end. I want to go to the window. I want to say goodbye. Uh, And when she goes to the window, (laughs) that's when she sees the light and she's so excited that they opened the book and she's like, those foolish children, you know, we've got one up on them now. And so they head out and this is... (laughs) They head out on a broom, a mop, and a vacuum cleaner since they've lost their brooms. This is the next kind of iconic scene where, yeah, Winifred has kind of a straw broom, Sarah has a mop, and then Mary has a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) With cord and everything. That, like, turns on whenever she flies, apparently. And so they all fly, and Max and Allison are downstairs. And Allison, they read in the book very conveniently about salt, you know, being able to protect themselves with salt from thy victims. I forget how it's worded, but it's worded as if Winifred was reading it about, you know, how she couldn't get to victims with salt. So they go get some salt, which Allison Joke says, good at warding off zombies, witches, and ex-old boyfriends. And Max like, what about new boyfriends? And they almost kiss. And I realize they don't ever kiss in this movie. Mm -mm. Which I like. I think that's fine. No, they should kiss at the end. I mean... Like, I don't know. They're clearly into each other. It's not like one of those ones where it's like, what a shock that they kiss at the end, or that seems wrong. Get, get, he saved the day. He should get a little smooch. I guess. But, uh, yeah, when that is happening, the kiss gets interrupted because they hear commotion upstairs. And they go upstairs, and they realize Danny's gone. And they start freaking out, and the sisters are in the closet with Danny, and they kind of pop out. Well, Sarah's in the in the bed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sarah's in the bed, and they think it's Danny, and yes. they pull the, the covers down. Uh, so they wind up taking Danny, and they fly away, and then you start to hear Sarah sing the song, and she's going to lure all the children mm-hmm. from the town, and all the parents are still dancing, so no one's really at home with any of these kids. Yes. 
Oh, so that's why they all went to sleep in their Halloween costumes. Because they, they just don't, went to sleep you, on their own. Yes, but they're not all in Halloween costumes. The first shot they do has a handful. That, yes. Like, there's a kid with his full-on, like, jack-o'-lantern But then later mask. on, it's a lot of robes. It's a lot You're of plaid. You're right later on, but I was right first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, there is one girl that has those, uh, what are they? It's like a headband, that's, and then it's on springs, and they're like two pumpkins. Oh, I didn't see Do you know what I'm talking her. about? Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's one girl that's wearing those. They're like antennae, but they're A pumpkins. little bit, yeah, and they kind of bounce around. So that whole next sequence happens. They're running to the house. The, wait, there's two things in that sequence that are great. One, Max, looks like Max does his own stunt when he gets thrown over the Over the drums. The drums. Yeah. And two, Allison's like weird spin shimmy of the oh, salt yeah, circle. Oh, yeah, that's right. When which she... I love. She's like... And she, she saves this, like switch. It's amazing. She saves Max, but she doesn't save Danny. Yes. And essentially that's what Winifred says is like, you know, you're well, not gonna be a able white to, witch. Yeah, but you're not gonna be able to save your friends. Yes. Um so they whisk Danny off and then They're making the soup not the soup, what the is potion. it? The potion. <laughs> to and, to take away her soul. Yes, and they've got the spell book, and this is where Allison comes up with another idea. She's yes. like Winifred said that they only have till dawn. She's like, once that black fame candle is extinguished at dawn, they're dust. So we have to wait till dawn. This is something I talked about to you where it's like, there's, you know, the little sister character and the girlfriend character, but they both have so much to do in this. Yeah. Like every female character, which, you know, predominantly female characters, you know, there's one, there's pretty much one major main male which is max yeah and i, I think in- that's why it went so well with 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 you know girls and women who saw it is because like you get a wide variety of things to do it's not just and starring a woman you know like it has in a lot of yeah. these these shows like you know Ernest scared stupid there's you know the crazy old lady and then just a girl yeah i was kind of saving that cuz i didn't know if we were going into that during like agency and stuff oh, okay. like that oh okay yeah 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 but yeah i 100% agree with you and we did talk about mm-hmm. it while we were watching it for sure i think it's a really it's a really diverse movie with a lot of personalities that are well, very well it's a very white movie but it's a very diverse i guess diverse gender, as far as yeah. women go personalities of women yes yes, 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 yes. that's it's diverse yes you're right it's an all-white cast yes. So, yes it's it's not the typical movie where if you're a girl the one girl you can relate there's one girl you can relate to yeah it's and like, you, you usually be, can't relate to her yeah you could yeah. be any of the three sisters and two of the other main characters yeah yeah so the idea that Allison gets is daylight savings time, essentially. Mm-hmm. Her and Max kind of team up on this, and he comes in and he says, I know something you don't. It's daylight savings time. And what we, the viewer, don't know at this point is Allison is outside putting the <laughs> headlights on to make it appear like dawn is happening. So the sisters start freaking out, and he takes Danny, and this is when he Ice... kicks over the potion. Yeah, Ice and Jay are pleading that he set them free and he just steals the sneakers back and right. they're on their way out and Danny thinks it actually is Dawn. So Danny wants to see them turn to dust and Allison has such a good part here. Yeah. She's just like weird She's like dance. doing this weird mime dance kind of whistling. I don't know if it's she couldn't whistle or she's trying to be quiet so the witches don't hear her but either way it's really good. A little good. of both maybe. Uh, and this is when they get in the car and they're driving, they are driving back to the cemetery. They're trying mm-hmm. to get to the cemetery. And this is when Bette Midler, uh, pulls up next to... Pull over! Let me Show see your me driver's, driver's permit. And Tara is always like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would she know that joke? 
And I'm usually the stickler for stuff like this. Yeah. And my response is, who cares? I love this part. Yeah. Because I love, there's a couple of scenes where Winifred gets kind of like a, hey, like like a 1920s newspaper. Mm-hmm. Like, I do like her delivery. Here. Yeah, I do like the delivery of it for sure. <laughs> and so when they get to the cemetery, uh, on their way, Max runs into Billy. Yeah, in the cemetery. In the cemetery, yeah. Allison and Danny run ahead with Binks. Max gets caught up by Billy, and Winifred's shouting at Billy, and Max has a pocket knife, and Billy takes it, and he cuts open his mouth. These are where the moths the fly the moss out. And the dust. It's very quick that it happens, and then this is where he finds out that Billy wants nothing to do with Winifred. He has some choice words for her and is not too thrilled to see her. My theory is this. He was actually trying to get the book through most of it because I think when his mouth is closed, he's under the he's under the control of Winnie. Mm. And I think when he cuts his mouth open, because why wouldn't he just go look for a knife if all he had to do was cut his mouth open? I think he's. Still I guess that's true. He's under to, the trance because she kind of commanded him to do something. I, I think he's compelled to do it. He's not in a trance because. All, the whole time she's telling him to do stuff, he's like, and he keeps doing the yeah. like. I, he clearly does not like Winifred. He is a great physical Doug actor. Doug Jones, and he so he did the the Shape of Water, which was that weird movie that won the best yeah. picture. He was the man in the like suit. He's in Hellboy. He's in um, Pan's Labyrinth. Always in these huge elaborate suits where he has to do big. Big work to get his uh, uh, emotions and acting across. Mm-hmm. And he's so good in this. But yeah, I, my theory is once he opens his mouth, he's... He kind of has set himself free. He's, he's of his own volition again. Yeah. And I, he loves like, hag, trollop. Yeah, it's really <laughs> great. So then when Max shows up, they're ready to kind of pounce on Bill. And he's like, no, good zombie. Like, yes. friendly zombie. And so they all team up. They put Danny in his grave. They do the circle of salt. The witches come. And there's kind of this battle. And during this part is when I really observed how fast they are flying. Oh, yeah. Especially in this scene. More so than the other scenes. They are going, how fast, if you had to guess, mile per hour? Oh, I mean, faster than you walk, but not super fast. But it seems fast. Well, I think the one where she's coming after... Uh, like coming Max. at the camera. I I predict that maybe that didn't go off quite how they wanted it to because it's a little bit the framing's a little weird and Max looks legitimately worried <laughs> and she's like ah like coming out like yeah. I think that scene may have gone cuz there was a lot of shots in the thing where they did faster they showed like oh this one went too fast this one went too slow like them trying to get it. Well, and, and Sarah I think that goes one, really fast yes. too uh in certain points. And so there's kind of this back and forth, trying to get the book, trying to get... Oh, no, she has the book at this point, trying to get Danny. Well, because they have the little bit of potion left. We got to say this. And they go, okay, we've got all these children here. Let's just give it to one of them. Yeah. And and Winifred goes, no, I want that child. She called me ugly. Yes. And that's when I, every year for the first time ever, say... Well, truly her hubris is what, you know, if only... If only she she just, like, had any child. (laughs) And so it is this whole back and forth. Billy loses his head. They knock off Billy's head at one point, and that's when Danny gets out of the grave and out of the salt circle is Mm. to help Billy find his head. She picks up his head. And then they get Danny, and she's trying to force feed her the potion, and then that's when Max takes it himself. So he sacrifices himself for his sister, 
and sunrise is slowly coming up and as this is happening there's also a really good bit when they're battling the witches and mary has the vacuum with the with the cord coming out of it and they pull on the cord and then kind of let go of it and her and sarah go flying and so for the last couple minutes of the movie it's just winifred who we're seeing because sarah and mary have kind of like drifted off into the sky Mm -hmm. and as sunrise approaches uh, Winifred is trying to suck the life out of Max, and he's on the she's on the hollow ground. So her feet start smoking, and then she starts turning to stone, and then all that stone explodes, and then Sarah and Mary kind of explode in the air on yes. their brooms, and that's how it ends with a last line of Thackeray Binks comes back as a ghost and is like, "Thank you so much," and is Emily like comes out from she's like Thackeray. Like a, a a character who wasn't supposed to be in it that much, so can't act very well, and then they walk off. I didn't think it, she was that bad. She was I, she, Thackeray, like doing the like up well, she's and in, looking up. Like, I mean, I don't know. No, I she looks. She looks like she was. It was a like eighth, like a chorus member of a middle school. Anyway. The, the, the point is, at the end, they walk off the sunset. She's like, what took you so long? He's like, I had to wait for a virgin to light a candle. It's, I had to wait 300 years for a virgin to light the candle. So and, he, he and like, emphasized like, 300, and he emphasizes virgin. It's, in the- it sounds like a joke, but it's not very funny, and it's just like... Such a dead line. Like, if they just would have taken that out. Yeah, like, and just them had just the sunrise. Off with the, yeah. yeah, I think it would have been fine. It is kind of a weird oh, last line. No, I think they could have done that whole scene and then just taken out the audio of that line and just had them That's walk I mean. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think it's just it just holds its own. It's just they felt like they needed yeah. some punchline at the Well, end. and did we mention that that is not the voice of that actor? Jason Marsden is the voice, who okay. I believe is the voice of Max from a Goofy movie. So, I couldn't remember. I think yes. we did mention it, but I couldn't remember. But that's how the film ends. And it then is. during the credits, you see all the parents kind of tired. You know, <laughs> they're the released like, from I thought the LA spell. was a party town. Yeah, and then you see Ice and Jay are still in the cages singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And then the setup for the sequel. The book's eye opens yes. at the last possible moment. I am curious how they're going to bring them back since they did kind of explode. I, I know they can bring I mean, them back yeah. anyway, but it's more of me being curious what the story it's magic, is going to be. I'm just curious what the story is going to be. So, I feel like we've uh, I feel like we've talked about most of this. Um, but let's go ahead. How was the princess who I think was Max in this case? I think he was he's good. Fine. I think I've, he portrayed a teenager well. I think he's better than like the typical like uh, this kind of movie angsty teenager he because he has that but he also has a lot of charm and character i think as well he also i feel like something we didn't talk about i feel like he could have spent the whole movie being like oh, so what if i'm a virgin or i'm not a virgin like he just seems to be like yeah i'm a virgin like leave me alone about it like he just doesn't yeah i be- mean there's a minute or two of that but yeah it doesn't it, it's not a thorough line through yeah the movie like that every, he's like uncomfortable about it or whatever. i don't think he's ever uncomfortable about it he's more annoyed that everyone keeps bringing it up yeah like everyone's like Really? He's like, yeah, I'll get it tattooed on my head. Like, who cares? Um, How was the prince, which is Allison? I actually like Allison more this time than I think I have in previous watchings. I think she's, like you said, like I said, she's got a lot to do. She's very capable and competent. And I think she's also, you know, Danny looks up to her brother, but I think she also, you know, in the end sees Allison as somebody to look up to as well. I like the relationship that Allison is looking after Danny by the mm-hmm. end, just like Max is. 
Uh, how are the sidekicks henchmen? I love Billy Butcherson. And Bink. I like Binks a lot as a Oh, cat. I think Binks is fine. I like yeah. I think it was nice going, Max, like at the beginning of yeah. his first line as a cat. Yeah. Uh no, Billy Butcherson's fantastic. He's wonderful. Like we've we've spoken, you know, about Doug Jones and everything. Uh favorite musical number. I mean, it's gotta be I put a spell, I put on, a spell you. on you. Mm-hmm. I think uh Sarah's song is Sarah's very song good. is underrated. I yeah. think it's because it takes a back seat to put a spell on you because it's and it is so good. It is very trance like it's got this lullaby quality to it. Uh I like the melody as well as the the vocals for it. Um, our big does it hold up? I think we talked about fair female character agency. Talked about as far as the cast. Yes. Uh, drinking and smoking, you know, there's that one smoking, like they mentioned cigarettes once. Yeah. Uh, ethnic representation. We had a little bit of an issue with, cause this is a very, very white movie and I'd like to see, uh, some diversity in the new one. Yeah, I hope so. In fact, I think if their mother was like, if Eartha Kitt were still alive, she would have been a perfect, oh, she would be their good. mother. Yeah. Um, just, and just not ever ex- like talked about it. Right. Like, yeah. Who cares? Um, guns and firearms. There's some stuff with the hanging and there's. You know, is it appropriate for kids? It's a PG movie. I think it's a pretty light I'm PG. Super curious for listeners who have kids because I saw this. How old was I in '93? Uh, you would have been eight. I don't know that I. I'm curious if I saw it when it first came out, but I was probably ten or eleven when I saw it. Yeah, when you if saw not, it. If not, if I yeah. didn't see it at eight. Uh, but I am curious for those of you who have children and have younger children. I'm I'm curious what are their reactions to when they've watched it and how young. Would you allow your child to watch this film? Because I do think it has that nostalgia piece to where when you're an adult, you're like, oh, my God, I love this movie. And then you go to show it. You know what I mean? And I feel like I don't want to compare it to Goonies, but I feel like your sister has that story about Goonies where, like, they loved Goonies and they wanted to show it to your nephews. And then they realized that your nephews were scared. I know it's not the yeah. same movie, but I'm I'm curious if there's any of that yeah, with this film. I think I think it's a little like there's some kind of scary stuff, but I don't think it's I, I it's not Goonies level. No, um, no. But it's it's you know, it's a pretty I think it's it's a it's a it's a solid PG, but it's not anything like oh, like, you know, I I think there's some stuff you you'd probably I, I, I'm thinking this is probably a situation where I'm more worried because I know the implications of things than a kid would actually be. Yeah. Um. It's time. It's time to rank. Oh my gosh. The Sanderson sisters, and I'm very excited. Which for... way do you want to go? All, all three of them. No, no, no. But who do you want to do first? Oh no! I think we're doing them as a group. Oh, we are. We're not yeah, doing them I think individually. It's the Sanderson sisters. Okay, yes, that's yes, fine. Yes, which I think. I think may help them, but I I I, yeah, I think it'd be fine. harder to rank them individually. But okay, that's um, fine. frightening. Um, I I think I mean they want to eat children. I think in the beginning, I think when they're older, I think when they're you know they're older, I think they're you just hated their teeth. You had Jafar teeth about them. I did, but no, but I do think they were scary in the beginning. They were they were very you know they're not. They had some comical moments, I guess, in the beginning too, but. There is this scary quality to them. And I think as the movie go on goes on, I think Winifred, more so than the other two, gets more intense. I think she gets more frantic, but I don't know if I give her frightening. I, I think they're about a two or a three frightening for me. Interesting. I'm going to go with a three. Okay, I think I'm going to do the same thing. I was leaning towards a four, but I think a four is too generous. Um. Well... Because if you think about how scared everyone is of them. Exactly. I, I, I think we should be a little careful about being generous uh, when we can because 
if you're going to be like me, I'm going to be very generous in other sections. Yes. All right, For example, go ahead. funny, five. five. Yeah. No question. I laughed out loud. I at, laugh at, out loud every, every year. Time. I know all the lines. I know all the words. And it's still funny. Uh, fierce. The Divine Miss M., five. But all three, again, like, I, I think it would be interesting to rank them separately. But... Um, I don't. I, I think they're going to be so close. It's not going to. Yeah, be it's here. fine. But I do think each one of them have very different types of fierceness, but all carry yes. themselves very well. Yes. Uh, effective. Now, I don't think they're like a five, but they they kill Emily. Killed, they get killed twice, and they come back. And they killed Emily. Yes. And that was their their goal was to test the potion out. So they they do that goal. Yes. They just don't get the rest of the children because the townspeople get to them first. At the same time, and this is a big mark against them. I think them being their own enemy at the end and not falling through with that should be marked yes. against them. Yeah. I think they're a solid three. I will not accept anything less than a three. <laughs> but I think... I, they're not a five. They're not a five. So I'm, I think I'm going to do a three because I think by my own standard that every year I say their hubris is their downfall, I have to give them a three. Because that's you like could still two give points them a four. I can do whatever I want. This I is know. a made-up system. I think I'm going to give them a four. I okay. think that they. I don't know. My this ranking, I feel like I have been all over the place in general. With it's like fine. sometimes I'm too generous to people and not. I I don't know. It's almost like we made this up a year that's ago. That's true. <laughs> I'm giving them a four. Okay. Design. Five. Yeah, I think the the three of them are so different. I think this is one of the things where I think doing them as a group is so interesting because they're all three so different. We talked about why uh, Bette Midler looked the way she did. Yeah, and, and Mary's hair looking like the shape of a witch's hat, and we yes. did not talk about that. But, yeah, they all have very specific, distinct looks that if you saw their silhouettes, you'd know who is who. Yes, and without... then the coloring, you yes. said, was a big thing. They each had a very Yeah, they each had their color own color palette. that Max's tie-dye shirt represents yes. uh, in the beginning. Um, Go away, Heat. I'm going to say a one, but I could be talked into a two because they eat children. I know. That's kind of where... I believe in the past I've given eats thing, children yeah. a two. I'm going to give them a two for Go Away Heat because of the eating children, because of the... Biting know, of the tongues for you. The biting of the tongue. And I think just... I love them, but I do think you've kind of got to give them a little bit yes. of that. Now, yes factor... Five. Five. No question. Uh, I think this is going to be an interesting. I'm curious uh, where they're going to end up. So, and I, I think I uh, they're going to be pretty high. Them and I th- being in the villain ranking just because I, th- it's one of the reasons I said we should do this as a normal episode because I think they deserve to be in the villain ranking. Yeah, their their ranking is a 28.5. Okay, and Ursula's- holy cow, they are tied for second place. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, Ursula's 31-something, right? Yes. So are they tied with Cruella? Yes. Oh, that's a good... They're good there. Is Cruella the only second place, or is there multiple? It's only second place. Wow. Let me say this. I think we're being very kind to the Anderson sisters, and normally I would be like, well, objectively... I think if we were being super objective, they might rank a little lower. I think, but we, not by much. I don't think. No, I think they'd easily be in the top. I 10. think if I didn't do a four and I did a three, that would give them what a, a point would be a five. It would be a twenty-eight. So that would get them uh, tied for sixth. 
So oh, it'd be tied with the, if you didn't do that, they'd be tied with the Evil Queen and Maleficent. I actually like them with Corella because Corella is wild, like I, they are. I think they deserve a place easily up there. I think you know one thing we're seeing here is that kind of the the feminist icons are really being propelled to the top, and I yeah. think they deserve to be there. I think they deserve to be there as well, and I also think. Yeah, we're a little biased. We watch this movie every year. Like, we love them. So I think that that plays into our ranking, but I'm okay with that. Hey, if you don't like it, uh, you can get your own podcast. And you or can you can um, call us up or send us an email. 707-YO-TRPD1. That's 707-YO-TRPD1. And say, I have a bone to pick with exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> Let us know what you think about this ranking. Um, but before we go, one last thing, Tara, and I think this is a very, this is maybe the easiest time we've answered this. Uh, into the on uh, the place of honor on the shelf in a clamshell edition, uh, or do you lock it away forever in the vault? No, I'm dipping it in gold and then putting <laughs> it on my shelf. No, I used to own it. I used to own it. I don't know that we do anymore, but I was reading that there were all we these... We have it on DVD. Yeah, I was reading that there were all these extras on the 2018 copy that came out, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ooh, do I need to go find that? And I just might. So, uh, yeah, it definitely goes on my shelf. I'm assuming it goes on yours. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like we were the way you said that. Yeah. I was like, uh, what? No, I was thinking about something. I was, I was thinking about the, I was doing my like thoughts for like wrapping this thing up. I think you've come a long way because from being resistant to watching this film to like loving it the way you do, I I, think is huge. I think it was just, there was some pressure and anxiety on me the first time. The second time I was able to relax and enjoy it, but it's got that, another movie we recently watched for spooky season Beetlejuice quality where I'm like mm-hmm. it always makes me laugh it's it's weird and we always see something different new every time yeah and Beetlejuice is another one we watch every year yes um thank you guys so much for listening uh the the next actual episode you listen to we are going to continue with the spooky season we will be re-releasing the nightmare before Christmas uh, on actual Halloween and then we will have a very special uh mini-sode uh, our mini tale with uh, the Muppet Haunted Mansion. Yeah, so we've got a couple spooky ones coming up. For kind you. of, kind of setting the table for us to do m- more Muppet stuff in the future. Uh, but we won't, we, <laughs> we won't see you till then. Won't see any of you really. But uh, have a very happy Halloween, guys! And uh, always remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend about our podcast. But uh, until then, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening, Scary Tale friends. Don't forget to send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com or tweet to us at trpdiaries. Search for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries on Facebook to join in the fun. Or call our super easy to remember phone number, 707-YO-TRPD-1. That's 707-968-7731. Remember to give us a five-star, I mean star, review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Creep it real! <laughs>